What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast, part of the CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, special guest, recurring guest, multiple-time guest, guest extraordinaire, guest of a lifetime. It is my friend, Tim Miller. Hello, Tim. Jeffrey, I'm so excited for this. I love coming on. And, uh, you know, we've got a lot to discuss. Yes, we do. And 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 fortunately for Tim, he doesn't have to look at me now because I've got a grotesque beard, which I'm going to shave. <laughs> I don't know. I thought for the one second I got a photo pick, pick of you, you're looking svelte, but uh, you know, maybe it's just the angle. We, no, I'm the I'm svelte, but God, I, I, a guy like this should who cannot grow a full beard should not have a beard. Uh, at least that's my policy. Um I uh, okay. Wanted to ask you about something. Uh, you've had a major life thing happen when in you became a best-selling uh, author. A man, I, I'm, he can't see it right now, but I'm holding his book betwixt my hands, and uh, it is "Why We Did It" by one Timothy Miller, and uh, uh, has a bunch of words inside of it. So why don't why don't uh, you for the audience uh, here? Tell us uh, a little about it. I think you kind of hinted at this the last time you were on the podcast, but for those of you who are not politically astute, um, this is a a, a political exploration. And uh, so, Tim, pump the shit out of this novel, please. Yeah, I forget when my, exactly in the process my last CSG was. I think we knew it was coming, but didn't have a date yet, maybe. Um, right. uh, so, uh, it, man, it felt so great. Uh, so the book was out in June. Why we did it. Uh, uh, I think probably most folks have have heard me on this pod before, but if you're new, um, I I was a Republican political operative. Um, I bailed on the party over Trump, uh, and and uh, have you know flipped sides here and come to Jeff's side of the microphone. I'm um, uh, doing political journalism work now. Uh, I write for the Bulwark, and um, and so I wanted to write kind of about that journey, uh, about um, you know why. Uh, I went as far as I did with the Republican Party, why I decided to bail. Um, and then, you know, I think the fundamental question of the book is why people who really knew better, who saw Donald Trump's flaws, saw his failings, saw how dangerous he was, uh, continued to go along with him anyway. And, um, and and I think that is what sort of differentiates us from the other books. A lot of the professional journalists, you know, don't want to put people on the couch and impugn their motives and all that. I'm right. happy to impugn people's motives. Uh, I impugn my own motives plenty in the book. Right. And uh, I know these you know, everybody that I focus on, I either know personally or, or did extensive interviewing with, um, you know, so the book, you know, kind of uh, gets into the psychology of, of why people go along with things they know are dangerous. Um, I, I hope folks enjoy it. The feedback has been awesome. Bestseller crazy. Never, never really expected it to be certainly not number two on the bestseller list. And um, it's been fun. I got on tour. I, we, I had an event at Tattered Cover in Denver over the summer. Um, we'll probably do another one next year uh, with the paperback. And uh, it's it's been uh, it's been a fun journey, and um, you know maybe I'll tie it tie the next one to a Nuggets playoff game. How's that Ooh. for a transition? Ooh, nice! And, and uh, <laughs> I will actually maybe get to see you this time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I hope so. <laughs> we, if those of you who don't know, Tim and Tim and I have a very good uh, habit of missing each other on these things. So yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we got hit by a snowstorm and a COVID. You know, we've hit all of the uh, all of the road bumps that everyone has uh, in right. Denver over the past two years. So hopefully, we can avoid the novel coronavirus and a hundred-year right. snowstorm right. Uh, uh, on on one of my Johnson to town this year. That's all right. Um, so, uh, 
We are here not to talk about Tim's book, even as though I wanted Tim to uh, promote his book. You can find that on Amazon um, and other great booksellers, including the Tattered Cover. Um, but uh, we really are here to talk about, well, your Denver Nuggets, my Denver Nuggets, Tim's Denver Nuggets, all of our Denver Nuggets. Um, Hell yeah. And uh, and uh, Tim just turned off his video, so I, I I'm assuming he didn't want me to look at him anymore. Yeah, I felt weird. I was like, "You're staring at me. I can't stare at you." It made me feel weird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're off to a wrong start. Um, so, <laughs> so uh, okay, Tim, we're going to do this episode is going to be titled. I've decided we're going to title this "Hopium or Copium," and I'm really bullish, which is uh, unusual for me. Uh, on the Denver Nuggets, I'm usually quite pessimistic and cynical, um, and I'm, I'm Tim is here to add a dose of realism, and and maybe give us some hope too, but give us some realism too. So, yeah, Tim, um, there's been some some uh, quotes from practice. Um, well, first of all, have you been able to see any of these preseason games? Um, yeah, I missed the first couple because I was just kind of ending the book tour. Um, but uh, I did. I watched the, uh, the Warriors game mm-hmm. and uh, the fourth game. Uh, I also uh, the Clippers. Uh, yeah. I watched the Warriors and Clippers game. So it seems like I watched the best two, uh, which uh, is maybe going to shade my uh, my view on on all this. But uh, <laughs> so yeah, I, I've, I, so I haven't got to see Murray yet because uh, right. you know uh, he obviously pulled the hamstring in the Oklahoma City game, was it? So right. I, you know I've seen the highlights or whatever. But um, the, the only games I've seen. Uh, beginning to end are, are the, the two most recent. Okay, so um, the la- the most recent game is probably the best, by far the best one of the preseason. Um, and uh, so based on what you have seen, let's just get the surface thing out of the way before yeah. we get into our little game here. Based on what you've seen and your read of the offseason, uh, what are your thoughts so far? And I think that they're going to be, they're, they're obviously very good. Uh, the things that I like about it um, is... I'm just I'm super excited about the lineup kind of optionality for uh, did I think I made that word up um, but uh, they haven't had that particularly defensively um, you know Murray and Bones so the first game I watched was that Clippers game right so Murray and Bones are both out um, you know seemingly precautionary obviously Bones plays the next game right. uh, and and this is you know in in any previous year as we got to see last year. Uh, like disaster, right? Mm-hmm. To just lose one guard, right? Like losing two guards, um, you know, I, it was just a non-starter. I mean, I was thinking about it before this podcast, thinking about like the defensive side of things. We were in such a position in the last few playoffs where Jeremy Grant and Aaron Gordon were forced to guard like the Damian Lillards and Donovan Mitchells of the world, right? Because we didn't right. have anybody that could guard guards besides Gary Harris um, right. Right. until, and then Harris gets traded, right? So that is it. There's no depth. There's no, you know, different looks that can be thrown out there. Um, this team has different looks that can be thrown out hit there. And that is, I mm-hmm. think the most encouraging thing you have, you see this Bruce Brown starting lineup um, with, with, with Murray and bones out. And then even with just, just Murray out and, um, uh, that's obviously very switchable. Uh, like defensively, it gives you a lot of options. It worked offensively. You know, it's, it's Brown bringing it up sometimes, Gordon bringing it up sometimes, Jokic, like not having a traditional point guard, I think works fine with this team offensively because of Jokic. Uh, and so that part, I think, is the thing that is the most gets you excited, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, to see that against the Clippers, they weren't at full strength either, but, you know, with a lot of their team and then against a full strength Warriors team um, where, you know, it kind of 
that didn't really work defensively in the second quarter, but in the third quarter, you, you sort of see how it could work. Um, and uh, uh, you know, I think if you look, if you're if you're running into an on fire Warriors, there's not really a lineup that you can sort of put in that's going to stop right. them defense, stifle them defensively. I still think that yeah. creates some mat, they create some matchup problems for us. But uh, but yeah, that I think that is the element that I'm most excited about. And then uh, you know the the obviously there's the MPJ piece, um, and he just has looked so good. And the, mm-hmm. I guess it seems like he he does his best to games the two games i watched too so mm-hmm. um there's an element of that but uh it's you know he looks fluid uh, i you know i don't i don't think it was our most recent pod but i remember we, one of the ones we came on it was right around that injury mm-hmm. last year right mm-hmm. and it was like even before the injury he didn't look right you know right. he didn't look like his body movements were weird he looks i can remember like i was talking about how he looked like bambi on ice out there like the way he was running and mm-hmm. uh, he looks much more fluid um you know who knows right whether the back will hold up but that has been um has been super encouraging uh so i like those are my top two kind of observations of things that that get you the most excited off of the preseason well we will be definitely going into uh mr uh, michael porter jr here um during this podcast but i kind of wanted to I, and I recalled the last time I had you on, it was about, it was after Tim Connolly left and I was um, oh, right. verbally committing seppuku over what was, what was, <laughs> right. what I thought was transpiring and you were, came on the pot. See, see, Tim has this preternatural ability to identify when uh, I'm either both off the rails or going too far on the rails. And that was one of those where I was, I was very emotive and uh, he had to set me straight on that. And I appreciated that. Um, I was right about that, by the way. I mean, let's just take one quick moment to just say, I mean, we'll see how it all plays out, but uh, you know, the Tim Connolly sky is falling stuff felt a little bit overwrought. I'm not, uh, you had some personal uh, reasons, mm-hmm. which I get it because your friendship, but, yeah. but the broader media side of things, I felt like it was overwrought. That is why I came back on to sort of t- chill everybody out, and um, right. and that Calvin's been been pretty good. I, you know, the Peyton yeah. Watson trade seems pretty pretty shaky. Then the yeah. Andre Jordan signing, right? So it's a mixed bag, right? Yeah. But yeah. They've, they've had some really good moves, also, um, and uh, you know, some for the freedom. One of the things I remember us talking about is like. You know, Connolly was so loyal, right? And so, mm-hmm. you know, the idea of like trading Will Barton and stuff, uh, you know, obviously Calvin didn't have any problems there. Then Connolly goes and like trades 19 draft picks for Rudy Gobert. I'm not so sure I like that trade. <laughs> um, we'll see how it turns out. Maybe that'll prove me wrong. So, anyway, mm-hmm. I just, you know, a few months forward, it's always good to just take a deep breath. A few months forward, um, uh, that is certainly not looking as dire as uh, as some in the Denver media and the blogosphere right. made us made us believe well and now that we've gotten into seeing them you know in motion rather than theoretical um so far obviously preseason caveat there is that i my my enthusiasm is far larger than i'm used to it being i don't think i've been this enthusiastic <laughs> since the year after they went to the western conference finals um and they got aaron aflalo and i think that was the last time i was this enthusiastic about this team well that's a downer because they uh what lost to the jazz in the first round that year <laughs> well, well, well look until the cancer part they were doing all right <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm just uh, <laughs> i was also really excited i was i was gonna say i felt like the year before the western conference final year was the last time i was just excited but yeah i mean yeah that though that was the last was the last time that there was like a sense that this team that the nuggets 
you know, weren't like the favorites or anything, but but could be one of a few teams that if the breaks fell their way, you know, mm-hmm. might be an NBA final contender. And I, I don't think we, any, we've really, that's the difference between this year and the other Jokic years. There was never a time mm-hmm. where we really thought, you know, the Nuggets were going to make the finals. It's kind of like, oh, maybe LeBron or AD will tear their ACL in the bubble, you know, um, <laughs> but like barring like needing catastrophic injury uh, from an opponent, uh, feeling like you might be able to beat a whole, at, whole, at full strength the opponents. This is the first time since those, since that kind of mellow Bill Ups Kmart era. Yeah, see, I wasn't that enthusiastic even in the 57-win season because that didn't seem real to me. Right. And I, I I think you probably are the, along the same lines of that because it, there was so, there was a level of unreality with that one. It's just, it was, it was hard yeah, to, I mean, to it's take like the t- Costa Cufos is not, you know, is not the five that's going to take you to the promised land. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like if you've got Costa Cufos in the starting lineup, that doesn't feel like that's a team that's going to win the, national, the, the, the NBA finals. So to start us off on this journey, um, my old my old uh, colleague Nate Timmons replied to my tweet about this that uh, he said, "Let's just put the Nuggets in at the six seed and not get our collective hopes up." So <laughs> that is your typical Nuggets fan response. Yeah. So um, I, I, I here's to start us off. Let's kind of go through. I'm not going to hit all the parts of the roster, but I want to get hit highlight on the aspects where I think the nuggets have made advances. And then we can, you know, talk about that. And there's only, I, there's only going to be three. So it's going to call this hopium okay. or copium. Okay. Um, hopium or copium is uh, Michael Porter jr's advancement real, or is it, is it something that we are like coping? Because I, I, I really, I'm looking at him. He looks stronger. He looks, um, his shot, it looks better somehow, which I didn't think was possible. Um, and he is very slowly incorporating himself into the offense. Um, I got news for people. It'll never be 100%. That's just not how he plays. Um, but there are there are things that, if, he is the, the guy that takes them from a very good team to a great team if he hits. And everything I've seen from him this preseason, just building through it, has been wonderful. Am I am I am I going off the rails here, sir? Yeah, maybe. So I just I'm going to preface all of these by saying that uh, my brother, uh, unfellow Nuggets fan, has a has a line uh, which is basically just uh, two words: hate, hope. Hate hope, you know. Hope, <laughs> hope leads to to uh, disappointment, right? This is where Timmons is going to. Uh, right. Let's just take the six seed. Hope, hope is how you you find yourself uh, getting sad. So I, I I follow that mindset sometimes. In, in campaigns, they always called me rain cloud or reality cloud because I would be more negative uh, about our chances than, than mm-hmm. other people on the team. So I so that's just my mindset on these things, and that that leads me to the the MPJ answer, which is I'm pretty in I'm in the copium camp on MPJ now. Okay. I just, I, I would love to be wrong. Um, and um, there are going to be some other things we talk about where my hopes are up a little bit. I, I just, it's just like, yeah, is this guy really going to put together in a 100-game season, right? 82 games and, and 20, probably more playoff games. Um, I, I, that just feels hard for me to imagine. Um, I, I would love to be wrong, uh, um, but, but given his, his history, um, he does look good. Like we said, his shot and his shot is great. His shot making is great. And, and I'm a little bit uncomfortable with how much he wants to play. I think that's good. I, I like that he wanted to be in there last year at the end of the year. And, uh, you know, the Nuggets or doctors kind of decided to wait. I, I like that attitude. 
but but I don't I, you know I, I he could take some days off uh, and <laughs> as far as I'm concerned uh, this year they don't need him every night out there uh, and and his defense he still looks a little bit out of sorts um, defensively uh, uh, and you know out of position and unsure what's going on I I do there is some encouraging times that, that one of the nice things about Murray not playing I think in the preseason was it felt like by that Warriors game Jokic and and MPJ were getting a little bit of a rhythm. Mm-hmm. Uh, which mm-hmm. which that was always been an issue, um, mm-hmm. and and I liked to see that, and you know in some ways with Murray out there it makes it a little harder to get into the rhythm just because of usage rate and all that. Right. Uh, so I'm um I, I'm cautiously hopeful, uh, but I, I I think I'm expecting uh, I'm expecting to be disappointed with with Porter, and and this relates to my number one. Uh, area of copium <laughs> slash <laughs> caution for the year, which is there's not like we have optionality, as I said, in a lot of lineups, and you can see a good lineup with Murray, uh, uh, K- KCP, Bruce Brown, Gordon, and Jokic. Uh, but if 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 Porter is hurt, uh, you know, if he gets a season ending injury, knocking on wood vigorously over here, God forbid, mm-hmm. um, the, the wing backup situation. Is pretty dicey, uh, and that might be, you know, what they're going to have to look at, regardless at the at the break. You know, if there's if the, you know this team feels like it's a piece away, it definitely feels like that's either Jokic backup or wing backup. Um, you know, th- there's just not a ton of depth there. Davon Reed seems fine to me. Christian Brown seems fine to me. I, you know, neither of those guys seem like rotation pieces for a championship team. Uh, if that is the bar that we're setting, uh, so uh, yeah, at least this year uh, for Christian Brown, right. so that that is what has me a little bit on eggshells about this team. Is I just I just don't trust Porter's back. I don't trust his defense, and it's, it's like the the options after him. Um, you know, as far as who that other piece is on the wing are, are not not the greatest. I think that's sort of the whole what the, with the backup center, the two holes that you look at, which are great problems to have. I mean, shit, when I think about all the holes we had last year, right? Like to be like, oh, backup wing and backup center are the only two holes. It's like, oh, you know, but but those could be could end up being important. Well, I mean, I mean, look, looking at it this way, I the Nuggets are on a short leash with Porter anyway for multiple reasons. I, that's one of the reasons I decided to entitle this season the season of, season of no excuses, because there is either if he the Nuggets need to maximize whatever they got with Mike, and they can't wait around for anything. And his talent is so immense that it's hard to like, you can't not include him. This is something that obviously is part of the nugget stew. There's two reasons I call this, I call this, um, they need to maximize this because one, either his health won't hold up. There's a, one probably in the largest factor or the, or B he starts becoming a star and there's not enough basketballs to go around for right. three of them. And that is why the nuggets need to make, you know, what is those expression make hay light while the sun shines or whatever um <laughs> mixing metaphors um but there there is a there is there is a uh, a real aspect of that and i've been trying to tell people it's like man they got to they can't wait this is a must year you could maybe extend that in the next year but this is a must maybe two years where they have to maximize this i think porter's health is not going to be helped by resting because his the nature of his injury it's going if he's going to get injured it's all, it's based on him just turning wrong or something like that it is it is it is right. it is not something that it's is not like a wear and tear thing 
yeah, uh, Jamal's. And by the way, this is a this is our next. Uh, that's a nice segue. Getting into Jamal here is he is the one who with the wear and tear, and you saw a wear and tear injury with him trying to come back as a guy who hasn't played in eighteen months. Um, a a hamstring pull, which the Nuggets were very rightly were like, yeah, let's let's ratchet this back. We don't want you falling apart before you get into the season. And but I'm hopeful with Jamal because uh, he kind of has that two man game with with Jokic, and you kind of saw in the first game that those two two kind of like fell into it, and it felt felt like a glove. And I don't think the Nuggets are going to have as much issues working that back in with those two um, in particular that they that I thought they were going to, particularly with Jamal. He always starts slow, but I think that I think that this will be a little smoother than we think. Um, and the Nuggets are going to be judicious. So I'm not as worried as other people. I think Jamal being back and being that steadying influence and being that that quote-unquote leader, um, I think will only help the Nuggets this year. Yeah. Um, and my only, uh, before Jamal, just my only quibble on the mic thing is, I are we sure that there might not be enough balls to go around? I, watching Jokic in the preseason, I, would he, he be, he'd be happy to you know, average 12, 18, and 18 a this game. Is true. I think. This is true. <laughs> this, <laughs> is true. <laughs> this is true. This is true. <laughs> so if he could go for MVP one year to uh, leading the league in assists the next year, I, I don't think that that's the most insane thing that could I've happen all, this year. I, uh, I've always said about uh, Jokic that um, his ideal team is him and in four Gary Harris's. And <laughs> I think that I think that the other side of this is that yeah, he would rather not probably score as much as he did, particularly last year. I mean, you could tell he hated that. So yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah I, I can see that. So. Maybe um, on Jamal, I'm um. Here's where I'm sort of on the middle. I'm, t- I'm teetering between hopium and copium because uh, I feel pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning towards hopium with some caution. Um, he, uh, 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 my caution is his is the mind, uh, and yeah. it it does it just some of his quotes and the stuff just it does feel a little off. And it's been a long time since his ACL tear, and he uh-huh. does seem to be having a little bit of an issue, kind of mentally you know, getting back there. I, he looks the part, right? Uh, now, I, I didn't, like I said, I haven't yeah. watched a full Jamal game. He only played one full game. So, so I'm just watching clips. But, uh, you know, physically he looks there, right? Not a hunt, you know, not 100, 100% uh, on speed and all that. But, but uh, you know, he looks basically there. And yet he's still sort of talking about how he's he's in his head. Um, mm-hmm. So how, can you get over that? I think so, right? But that that is just something to keep an eye on. I don't. You know, them being cautious with him with a hamstring, like that seems right to me, right? I mean, I, this does. I'm not a doctor, but it does. You know, the clay injury, like people do say that, like other leg, you know, the hip bones connected to the thigh bone. You know the song, right? Like other leg injuries, <laughs> right? Or you get a hamstring, and you know, can put extra pressure on the knee. Right. So I'm happy with him being uh, being them being cautious with him. He doesn't need to play 82 games this year. He's not going to be on the All-NBA team this year, uh, you know, just by the nature of things. So I don't, you know, he's this is a team situation for him. Um, you know, maybe next year uh, he's in, he, he wants to pad some stats and get his, all, get his first All-Star game and all that, but I, I don't see that happening this year. So mm-hmm. uh, making sure he's right for the playoffs, I, and I do think that he will... Um, you know, him and Yoke will get back to him and Yoke uh, as long as his head's right. So I, I, I'm much more leaning towards Hopium, um, mm-hmm. but but just 
you know, I I I would I wish I would I was we were, I wish we were getting more killer Jamal in the in, in the right. press conferences. Um, but uh-huh. uh, but he's got time to build that all. And let's just be the other thing about Jamal is he's been bad in the first half of the season, like every season basically, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And he is sort of, you know, it takes him a while to get into the rhythm. Um, so. Yeah. You know, giving him time to get into the rhythm, I think, is going to be fine. This team's going to win a lot of games in the regular season. Um, I'm I'm reminded of something that I always I always talk about this. There's two injuries I always point to with knee injuries. I point to with the Nuggets. It's uh, Antonio McDice, which is the patella, which was back in 2001 when he had it was like basically career ender, and um, then there's Danilo Gallinari's ACL four games before the playoffs began and. There is, I saw Gallo's recovery up close and personal with that. Um, Let's put aside the weird surgery that he had initially and go with like his uh, like recuperation. Um, When he got back, he was really rusty and rusty really. And that rust really affected him because the nuggets were in win now mode and they were trying to force a lot on him. Um, and it just, you know, you got to come back from ACL. That takes a while. Um, but I remember it was about March of 2014, he, 2015, excuse me, that he, um, hurt his meniscus and it was almost like after that happened, uh, he didn't care anymore. And the dam, the well, the, you just, the, the floodwaters came in and he, that's when he scored back to back 45 and 47 point games or something like that in that, that year. And it was almost like he needed to be reassured that he could get injured again and everything was going to be okay. Um, our obviously Gallo tore his ACL again. So, you know, there we go. But, uh, um, I think that part is like with guys coming back from knee injuries specifically, there is a not a trust for you with your legs and you are constantly worried when you drive yeah. the basket that you're going to hurt it again. And I think that with Jamal, he's just going to have to get hit. He's going to have to get hurt and that'll put him over the hump eventually because of most of these guys, it's just fear. And I'm, and what you're talking about with Jamal's, you know, emotions and in, in, in the way of he thinks that's what I'm hearing is a little bit of like, I don't want to go through this again. And, you know, I, I keep thinking maybe that the nuggets also held him out of, cause he really wanted to play. Um, I think partial, I mean, this is my own opinion, but I think maybe the nuggets were thinking this is the same place where he had the injury <laughs> in the last game. So I was yeah. like, eh, maybe we should just like wait till the season starts or something like that. I don't know. Yeah, sure. Sure. Yeah. So, okay, Hopium or Copium number three is Bruce Brown. Uh, I am way into the uh, Hopium here to the point of euphoria. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the guy is it's is is just everything the Nuggets have needed um, this since Gary Harris was traded. Um, and Gary Harris was injured all the time. And so this is uh, the the piece that has been 100% needed by the Denver Nuggets, and they've been playing him at point guard. Uh, I'm just fucking stoked. So uh, you you're it's your job now to talk me down from the Bruce Brown uh, euphoria. Sure, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll talk you down because I'm mild hopium on Bruce Brown. I, okay. I like Bruce Brown. I thought it was a great signing. 
uh maybe was was there a jeff green deandre was that all part of the same package of getting him here do we have to deal with deandre <laughs> to get bruce brown maybe if in case okay that might be worth it um uh, like I said, I think that just the defensive flexibility that he brings uh, is super important lineup wise. And he can, uh, you know, I think he was joking or maybe not, but in the preseason saying he could play one to five. I don't know about that, but I mean, he's really a one to three for sure, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's, and that's good. Uh, and, and, uh, you know, obviously with a Jokic ball player, his cutting is really good. We'll see in the open threes. I, I get a, I'm a little bit the one. Like the offense seems, and this is like now we're into you couldn't nitpick more mode because this <laughs> offense is just going to be un, an unbelievable, well-oiled machine. Mm. I, you know, I just like they're going to score so much, and Jokic barely even scored in the preseason, and they're still like throwing up 120 points <laughs> a game. Jokic isn't even shooting. Um, yeah. uh, you yeah. know, they're going to score a lot of points, um, and the offense is going to be really hard to stop when Jokic is on the court. Uh, that said, the 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 one thing just as, as I was watching kind of this lineup without Murray or Bones, Brown and Gordon, you know, create a. Uh, can we trust those guys with their three point shots? Right? right, like eventually when you get into better teams, crunch time mode, are they sagging off Brown and Gordon? You know, to to prevent the cuts and kind of just daring them to shoot. Can he knock down that shot? Um, uh, we'll see, right? Uh, if he can, then, uh, you know, even at a reasonable rate, um, you know, I, I guess if he can be two ticks better than Tory Craig, which is pretty important, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, then you're in, then we're in really good business. Um, right. If he's in Tory Craig territory on three point shooting, then, then uh, I'm a little less excited. So that's my only caution. Like, let's just see, you know, is he knocking down those open threes? If so, man. I mean, obviously the defense, the rebounding, the toughness. Did the Nuggets need a guy that's tough like this, like more than anybody, anything, right? I mean, that right. was just a missing piece. Um, and, you know, nothing against Will Barton and Monte, but the fit of Ish, KCP, and Bruce Brown as compared to them is just very obvious. Uh, you know, and Ish is just bringing 75% of Monte. It's in the preseason, 80% of Monte, uh, which is mm-hmm. fine. Uh, and and then, you know, then, you know, you're replacing that with two guys that are such a better fit than Will, um, both defensively and what they bring on the offensive side, playing around Jokic. Uh, that, that, that's pretty exciting. Right. And I, it, you, you make, and you actually, when you were bringing up the, the, the skills of Bruce Brown there, you sounded like uh, Kevin O'Connor. You were, uh, you were channeling really? your inner. That's a high praise. I haven't listened. To, I haven't listened to KSC, so I didn't steal that one. <laughs> you, you sounded like it. Like uh, if only I could be Chris Vernon, but uh, he, he, Chris Vernon, and I are the same age, and he looks twenty years younger. I don't know how he did that, but anyway, <laughs> um, I, I uh, we're going to. I mean, we've. I've just. I, I've. I think that. I think that. As far as as Bruce Brown goes, he was the. My enthusiasm stems from the fact that the Nuggets have needed this, and 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 really, I think it's it's amazing when you find a piece like that how it just kind of fits, and and it's always great yeah. when it seamlessly fits, and 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 that is, that is kind of like oh my god, you know the the by by far the best signing I think that uh, that uh, uh, old Calvin Booth has made has was Bruce Brown, oh. um, I think that 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 guy coming in and fitting seamlessly has been has been great. So, um, but you're right. I think I think there are some concerns as far as uh, he and Gordon together, but Gordon seems to be content. And, and you know he's your boy. So let, let's talk about Gordon a little. Um, he seems to be content being a fourth fifth option, and which is fine. Yeah. 
And that is just amazing, role. actually. It was everybody's concerned when he came here. You know, like he had mm-hmm. this totally wrong reputation mm-hmm. as being a prima donna or whatever. Uh, you know, just because he's pretty, I think. I don't know. Um, or just because Orlando didn't have anybody good, so he had to shoot all the time. I'm not sure, I'm not sure right. which one, or maybe a combination of both. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, but it's been totally wrong, and he wants to be the fourth option, I think. And it's just like his explosiveness, um, you know, watching the preseason. Uh, uh, and, you know, obviously his fit alongside MPJ is great. His fit alongside Brown and, and KCP defensively is elite. Um, TBD on, you know, whether that 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 lineup hurts the offense slightly. But, again, mm-hmm. we're talking slightly. Uh, you yeah. know, and yeah. I still think even even with that unit, you're, pro- you're looking at a top five offense in the NBA, I think, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and mm-hmm. so, um, you know, maybe it's worth that, like a little bit of sacrifice, Um but uh, but you know AG is is like just per, is, is essentially perfect. If you could just like the open threes, right? And you know if you're if you're just knocking down open threes at a slightly higher rate, mm-hmm. he'd be the literally the perfect complement to to Murray Porter and and uh, and Jamal. Yeah, and I um, and he is a he is a pretty man, and uh, yes, know, we'll just can't we'll deny just, it. We'll just leave it at that. Um, <laughs> Everyone knows who Tim and I are at this point. Uh, so um, <laughs> um, there, there's there's one level of uh, nuggets I'm I'm pessimistic on it, and and it's okay. and with me it's always the same person, Mike Muller. Mike Muller. And I I one of my hopes for him this year coming in was it was to understand that the more veteran this team is, the less control you have, and. I I saw some th- troubling things in preseason with the hockey shift stuff that he's been doing, which has been consistently annoying to me. Um, and I don't. I whenever shit gets weird with Malone, he he gets he gets really um, uh, controlling, and that doesn't necessarily help, particularly with what is now a veteran, solidly veteran team, and Bones Highland and Christian Brown. Um, so. My my thought with Malone is that he's got this year to prove that he can coach a veteran team. He can coach a team that is completely veteran, that he can let Jokic guide the ship. And I'm pessimistic on that. I don't know if he's wired that way. And that is the only impediment that I see, not the only impediment, but one of the biggest impediments that I've seen to getting the Nuggets where they need to be is Malone understanding that he, he is no longer the captain. He needs He's the caretaker. And um, I'm not sure he's going to get there mentally, but I, I have a little bit, a modicum of hope that he will. Um. Yeah, I, I, I have a little more hope. I'm more on the hopium side with you on this, and I also haven't been Malone's number one fan. Uh, but uh, he has. There, there are two things that are, he has going for him this year. Uh, one is this team is so damn talented that it's going to be kind of hard to fuck it up. Right. Um, I mean, really, you know, my biggest complaint about him is always just being so taking so long to adjust. You know, too loyal, keeping guys in too long, being too stubborn, and it's like. Besides DeAndre, uh, like there's not really anybody that fits that bill, right? right. I mean, like the team is great, um, so it's, it's not as if you're like, oh, why is he playing Tory Craig so long or whatever this year or Anthony Carter? You know what I mean? He wasn't there for Anthony Carter, but you know what I mean. Um, and and he never really wanted to play the backup centers, 
uh, you know, right? Which is right. why, why, why like, which was part of the whole problem with Connolly, <laughs> right? The whole time with Hartenstein, like he was our uh-huh. so, so hopefully that won't be a problem with DeAndre Jordan. Uh-huh. Um, so we'll see on that front. Uh, I think this team is good. And, and here, the one thing he has done is a little bit later than we all wanted him to. In the playoff series, he's made adjustments time and again. You know, he's made the adjustments that need to be made. Um, uh, you know, it was in, in, this, in these last two seasons, like the, the talent gap without Jamal uh, was just too great. Uh, but, you know, going back to the Portland series, going back to Utah, the Clippers, and he made adjustments as the series went along. So I, I don't know. I, I think that it is the talent is there. It's it, they're Malone type players. Um, they're Jokic type players. Uh, the, the folks that are surrounding the big, big three and a half now, um, big three and AG. And uh, so I don't. I'm not that concerned about about Malone, about mm-hmm. Malone this year. Yeah, cool. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna hit the uh, young players first, um, and we kind of already talked about KCP a little. Um, uh, and obviously, we the Nuggets subtracted Monte Morris and uh, uh, Will Barton, and they haven't really suffered from that um, as far as the backup point guard. Ish Smith's been fantastic in the preseason um really fit in as the third point guard and um it has really helped out bones quite a bit i think so in in the long lines of bones what are your thoughts on bones uh zeke uh, who can't seem to get playing time still and uh you know christian brown and his giant ass i mean what uh what what is it you you they have stands out to you with the young guys well, i don't know boy that's that's uh not what stood out to me with christian brown i'll have to keep my eye out um <laughs> bones highland uh is I mean yeah, I, I guess we're it's we're looking at a Lou Williams and Jordan Poole style season from him, right? Uh, yeah, you know, and that's yeah. really what we're trying to, to look for is just a real like a bucket Jordan Clarkson and the type of person we even had the frustrated you know the all these guys frustrated the Nuggets right I I, I feel mm-hmm. like it's always like you know that backup guard you know. Uh, has has always been a problem for the Nuggets uh, in the past, uh, and and when we compared to our our second unit, and so uh, I think Bones looks ready to fill that. He certainly, I was going to say, looks ready to fill the role as backup point guard with with Jamal, but I, I do think that'll probably be just Bruce Brown and what we've been seeing in the preseason. Yeah, and, and looks like Malone will just kind of let Bones, you know, continue to be that six man spark plug. I think he'll be in the, you know, knocking on wood here, but I've I'm nothing but hope you. I think he'll be. You know, in the top three, four, five, and the six man for the year voting um, this year, and I, I think he's going to make it make the leap. Uh, he just he's just got it, uh, and and I think that having Ish potentially letting him play off the ball sometimes, on the ball sometimes, um, I, I think works. Um, I, in a lot of ways, you know, I was uh, it, it helps like with Malone's stubbornness on the. Um, uh, you know, kind of hockey switches, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, does does Bones need MPJ? You know, or another score or Murray alongside him? Like maybe not. Um, if it's Ish and Bones, now that's not going to work against some of the te- you know bigger teams, but right. you know the Celtics or whatever that probably won't work against. But you know, for a lot of the teams in the regular season, I think that smaller backcourt on a second unit will be fine. Um, probably not a playoff answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel really great about that. Um, and you know, about us not having the situation like last year where the, where the bench is a minus every night. Um, Zeke, Zeke looks swole to me. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought Zeke looked like he's put on a lot of muscle. 
Um, if he can be a rolling guy and a pop pick and pop guy, I I, I think that that he's in good shape. Um, we'll see, I, I mean I think everyone basically in Nuggets fandom would like to see a lot more Zeke and a lot less DAJ. Mm-hmm. Um, you know Zeke and uh, Jeff Green uh, I think is a nice combo. Uh, and then, you know, you get to the Davon Reed piece, and I think this will probably be the annoying thing for the season, right? Which is like, I like Davon Reed, he, but to me, he's like a 12-minute-a-game guy, and I'd right. like to see more of the, uh, you know, let's get Bruce, let's get MPJ into that second unit, right? Um, you know, to mix it up uh, and, and create another scoring option and, and shuffle, you know, stagger the lineups a little bit. Uh, and, and maybe they do get to that eventually uh, because I, and I think the other thing that that benefits is that locks loosens up more time for Bruce Brown to be around Jokic where I, where I think this is, you know, uh, just credit where due Mares has been big on this lately um, right. over on the DNVR pod. But I, I think he's right. Is it just, you know, the more minutes Bruce has with Jokic, the better. Yeah. Um, so, you know, can, we'll see how that all shakes out with the second unit, but I, I think that it's, it's hard to not feel at least slight, slight hopium when it comes to bones ish uh and and zeke right and, uh and I, I just and i don't think as far as christian brown is concerned I, I just don't really see him getting minutes really i mean i think that he's going to get minutes when there's injuries yeah. when there's people getting nights off and, and i think that he'll probably be perfectly fine in those minutes uh and i, I keep going back to it. i'm not i am not in timmins land on the nuggets being the sixth seed i just i think that regular season nuggets are going to roll up a lot of wins and uh, I, I don't think that, you know, in the games where he has to play 10 minutes, I don't think that he's going to be costing them wins. Um, yeah, yeah. Like the only caution I have on that, and I guess maybe we'll get to this, the broader prognostication, is just mm-hmm. the West is really deep. So there aren't a lot of nights off, right. um, which is, the, I guess, the only thing I have that, that it gives me any kind of pause yeah. on, on, on that analysis. Well, I was, uh, and we'll, we'll kind of, oh, it just occurred to me, we haven't even talked about Jokic. Uh, <laughs> we've 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 hinted around him. We t- we've included him in the thing, but we really haven't talked to him. Is there anything with Nikola Jokic that you would like to like to talk about? I, mean, I just he's unbelievable. I I, I mean I would, I want to see him average a triple double. I'm looking for an Oscar Robertson type year for him. Yeah, uh, we'll see. I mean, it'll be mental. I, I think that. I will not be surprised if Jokic has a kind of ugly two weeks, the next two weeks, and yeah. you know people start grumbling. But he always is annoyed having to come back from Serbia. He had to play a lot more games this year. Um, he loves basketball in a different way than Jim Rats love basketball. Um, he loves the game. It's a beautiful game. He loves playing it. He doesn't need to play 140 times a year, you know. <laughs> I think I think Jokic is happy doing his 82 game season and, and riding horses. Um, and so having to had to do the Serbia national team, I think he felt like he had to do it. But it's a lot of extra time. He was the last person to training camp, right? I just I just don't think that. I think that he requires, you know, a little bit of work-life balance, uh, as they say. Uh, <laughs> and so I think he'll probably be a little grumpy for a few weeks. And, you know, we might have one of those games where Jokic shoots two shots in the next two weeks and people grumble. But, uh, you know, once we're over that hump, uh, I don't think there's any reason to think anything except for that he's going to be phenomenal and just to pray to the God of Serbian Christmas that he doesn't get hurt. <laughs> well, he's, he's certainly that, and, and I, I, I think I find out, fall into this category too. I kind of take him to gra- for granted because he's always very consistent and he is always very consistently great. And it's hard to like, it, it's like, it's like, it's so there constant. It's kind of like going to Red Rocks. All right. 
it's there all that you live if you live in denver it's there all the time so yeah, you don't amazing. you don't you don't think about it it's just another place to go see a concert and then people come into town just to see that goddamn venue so it's like mm-hmm. they, you just look at it differently so that's kind of the way i am with Jokic. um he is the red rocks of nba players that's right that's he, is. he is he is he is he's constant as the northern star so um we We'll wrap up with this, um, and once again, thank you to Tim Tim Miller here for doing me the honor of coming on my podcast consistently. Uh, and you and I usually do off-season, trade deadline, postseason wrap-up podcasts. And I'd like to like like us for this year to do something different. Okay. Hey, you and I have never predicted a Nuggets win-loss record. And I'm very, because I'm very, very bad at it. Um, in the 2014 15 season, I famously told Matt Moore that the Nuggets would win 55 games. So obviously, we do not need to be, you know, looking at this guy for, for you know, accuracy, <laughs> but just for fun. Um, I am bullish on this team, and I think they could very well once again win in the mid 50s. Uh, 54, 55 games this year. And I think it's going to be that's the top in the West because it's so deep. I don't think there's going to be a 60-win team this year because it's so competitive uh, in the West. So that's where my mind is, but I think the Nuggets can rest comfortably at the one or two seed uh, going into this year. What are your thoughts? What was the final, What was the number, 51? About, I, was, I was going to say I'm resting at 54, 55 wins. 54, 55. Yeah. Um, before I give my answer, I just... I had to refresh my memory on what the 2014-15 team was, so it took me a second. What what was it about? Was it Darrell Arthur? What was it about that team that made you think that it, there was going to be 50 wins? <laughs> it was after the trade for Aaron Aflalo when they got him back. Okay. Because I feel like that was the key. You felt like that was the key piece that was going to be the difference. That's because I covered Aaron, and uh, Gallo was finally coming back. And yeah. that was Gallo's uh, year that he came back from the injury. And uh, that's what I was thinking. And yeah. they could have t- won 200 games that year and not had 50 wins, I think. And, um, and, uh, and Timmons was in the same ballpark as me. And we were both real wrong on that. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, well, I don't, uh, so they're, they're over, their win total is 49 and a half or, or 50 and a half between 49 and a half, 50 and a half between, depending on which book you're looking at. If, if gambling was legal in Cal- in California, I, th- I would have placed a very significant bet on their over. I, I just, I, oh, yeah. I think that barring Jokic injury again, and we keep praying to the, you know, uh, Serbian, Knocking uh, all wood. the, all the various Serbian <laughs> gods and throwing char- the salt over my right shoulder and everything um barring that it's just hard to see how they how they don't win how they don't win 50 games uh you know and this is a team that that won 48 last year with like Jokic and a bunch of a bunch of scrubs um and Aaron Gordon right um so I like the the rest of the Roster last year was brutal, uh, and you know now you bring Porter back, you bring Murray back, you bring Bruce Brown in, you bring KCP in, and you're telling me that they can't squeeze out two more wins. I, the only way that that doesn't happen is is with injury. Um, but I, I, what I really think, and, and here's where you know I was supposed to be the person getting everybody, <coughs> um, you know, it's talking everybody down a little bit. But I, I don't, I don't 
I can't really be talked down on the regular season stuff. I, I have some I have some concerns about the postseason. I have concerns about MPJ's defense. I have concerns about what he's replaced with if he can't if he gets played out of a series. Concerns about backup five. Uh, you know, I have concerns about still. Uh, you know, just there was something about that second quarter of the Warriors that had me breaking out into hives uh, about how that matchup <laughs> works when the Warriors are really clicking. Um, but uh, but I, for the regular season, the only thing I think that keeps them under, you know, up in the 56 to 59 win range is 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 the depth of the West, right? And it is nights off, and it's hard to predict. Like, how much is Murray going to be out? How much are they gonna, is Mike going to be out? Um, uh, you have to play now, uh, you know, um, uh, like I, I think Dallas, it would, who was in the Western Conference Finals last year, is looking at a play-in possibly this year. And that's just how deep the West is. It's really, it's really nuts. I, I'm really high on New Orleans. Uh, I think it will be very interesting to see how Minnesota matches up against us. So there are a lot of, a lot of tough nights. The other side of that coin is that, you know, there's going to be a lot of people tanking for Wemby. Um, you know, yes. so eventually, yes. you know, we're, we have in our division, two tankers and maybe a third, we'll see how Portland turns out. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you end up getting whatever that is, 12 games, you know, begin, you know, let's, let's say eight, we're going to get like eight freebies probably out of the, <laughs> out of the division. Right. Um, so, uh, so that has to keep in mind. So I don't, you know, I was, um, Looking at the numbers, and I, I, I mean, I, I was, I was interested in some of the extended bets on DraftKings that were like, you know, get better odds for above fifty three and a half, above fifty uh, four and a half. So I, I'll, I'll, I'll take the over on your fifty four if, if, if Ooh. you want. We can, we can Ooh. maybe have, have yeah. that be our, have that be our number for the year. That'll be our okay. So you've got over fifty four. Uh, I've got 54, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean, I, I'm I am I am very enthusiastic, and uh, I think this team can and really do something. Uh, obviously, if it's in butts, Mercadia nuts, and all this stuff. I mean, there's 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 a bunch of caveats here, but you can't plan for that at the beginning of the season. So uh, anything could happen, and that's kind of what I'm banking on here. So. All I'm right. so excited, man. The Broncos are terrible. We knew there must be huge Broncos, but, you know, uh, LSU, I had to go watch LSU get their ass beat by Tennessee 100 to 13 last weekend in Tiger Stadium. So my football is just coming at the perfect time for me. I'm ready for basketball to be back. Going to be at the Chase Center. If any, if you have any listeners who are SF based and want to come say hi, I'm, gonna, I'm taking my daughter to the game on Friday. I already bought tickets. So we're going to be at the Chase Center on Friday for game two. Um, yeah. Which maybe they should just let Jamal sit out just for vibes purposes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> let, um, that might be a rest game just for vibes purposes. But uh, mm-hmm. but uh, I'm I, I hope not because I'd like to see Jamal. But uh, I'm excited uh, to be there and uh, excited to get this season rolling. Yeah. Well, um, I'm I'm banking on them um, having an easy game against Utah and then coming into Chase Center um, not fully rested but somewhat rested. And then they have a back-to-back against against Oklahoma City uh, in Denver, which is uh, that, that's the yeah, worst. Back-to-back. How terrible the season opener back-to-back! That's a what an fu from the league. It's just that's I just think, so brutal. I, it, don't get me started. I'll, I'll, the people the people <laughs> listening to this will like will like Jeff has a hard on of hate for the NBA. I really don't, but uh, sometimes I do. Um, so uh, anyway, thank you to Tim. 
for joining us. I, I, I promise to not keep him past a certain amount of time because I am a good host and I'm never going to repeat the two hours that he and I went for the first podcast he ever did with me. <laughs> it was great though. It was a marathon. People can go back and find it. I always love coming on. Uh, we'll definitely be on for the trade deadline, but who knows? We might have to do an emergency pod uh, over uh, nuggets are on Christmas this year. I'm home for Christmas. So maybe, oh, we, yeah. maybe we do a Christmas, uh, a Christmas emergency pod, depending on, on yeah. the state of play. Yeah, yeah, we, uh, and hopefully, you know, we'll be able to actually see each other in person. Um, we'll you'll, you'll see how short I am. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, anyway, thanks to Tim for joining us. Uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, I'll be back, well, next Monday with another episode. Goodbye.